Hello everyone, welcome to the 10th episode of my podcast, your favorite young adult bookworm. This week I am going to be retelling A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Maas. I have been wanting to read this book for so long and I finally did. Besides, BookTok keeps filling my For You page with TikToks on this book, so I was like, I might as well read it right now before I see more spoilers. Before I start, a small reminder to please rate, share, and subscribe to my podcast if you are enjoying it. It will help me a lot to reach out to more young adult book fans. You can also follow me on Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm. I post there some amazing quotes from the books feature on my podcast and also some amazing memes. I think I'm funny, so you should go and check them out. Now, let's talk about the book. This book takes place in a fantasy world in like kind of the Middle Ages, but I'm not sure. In this fantastic world, there are humans and fairies. Their lands are separated by a magical wall. They used to be at war some centuries ago. Human fear and hate the fae folk now and the fae belittle humans. The story is told by Feyre. I am not sure of the pronunciation, but let's go with that because that's how it sounds in my head. Uh, she is a human. Her family used to be rich, but something happens and they became poor. Her mom died before this and made her promise to always look after her family, even if she was the youngest. But whatever, putting the weight of taking care of your family to a seven-year-old gotta be good parenting 101. Feyre has two older sisters who still can get over the fact of being poor now, mostly the oldest, Nesta, who is not nice to Feyre at all. She criticizes her all the time for being dumb since she doesn't know how to read and write. Since they became poor, no one taught her, so it's not her fault, but <laughs> Nesta, you know. Their dad is alive but doesn't do shit either because his leg is not in good shape, so he doesn't do anything. It was broken by some men when they became poor. So the only person who does, who does anything is Feyre, basically. And well, overall, everyone on Feyre's family is pretty useless, so she had to self-teach herself how to do many things to assure their survival. She is the one who provides for them, even if they don't respect her. And sincerely, I hate her family. Like, she gave up her entire childhood. She risks her life to go hunt for them, and they disrespect her all the time. I was so annoyed. But well, one day, Feyre is in the woods hunting. She kind of really needs to hunt something because they don't have anything to eat. It is winter, they are dying, she's skinnier than ever, she finds a doe, she's about to shoot her an arrow when she sees a gigantic wolf there and she's like, mm, this wolf is bigger than a normal wolf, I bet it's like a fae, mm, I hate fae and I happen to have an arrow made of Ashwood, the specific material that kills Faye. Mm, I'm kind of frustrated right now. Mm, besides, if it were up to the Faye, he will kill me. So I might as well kill him before he kills me, right? So she does. She killed the Faye. She takes parts of the wool with, with, with her and the dough and she returns home. All chill. 
The next day, she goes to the market with her ungrateful sisters. She sells the paws of the wolf to a mercenary who warns her about the fae. Apparently, they have been weird for the past 50 years. Something is happening. She's like, mm, okay, thanks, but mostly for the money. I don't care, but like, I do care, but no, I don't. She then goes to meet with her fuck buddy, Isaac, and they go do their business. I was surprised by this. To be honest, normally the main girls are always prude and stuff like that. So I was like, nice, refreshing. Yes, go Farah. I like her, but also I did not know this book was more of a new adult book than a young adult book. So yeah. Later on, back to her place, she's fighting with her sisters when suddenly this big-ass beast arrives and goes like, who killed my friend? Who was it? Vera puts herself in front of her family and goes like, it was me. And he's like, okay, well, you broke the human fate treaty, so you have two options. Either I kill you right here, right now, or you come to my home and feel his place as the treaty says. Her dad is for once not useless and goes like... Go with him, go and never come back, Feyre. You are better than us. We do not deserve you. And I was like, hot damn right. So Feyre is like, well, I kind of do not want to die. And if I go, I can escape. So I guess I will go. But before leaving, she tells more or less uh, what to do to her family so they survive without her. And I was like, she's nice, unlike you guys. Now, in Fairyland, she realizes this beast is actually a high lord, and she's like, oh shit. And his manner, uh, like in his manner, he transforms back to his human form. He is tall, strong, and handsome. He has blonde, long hair, and green eyes. But fun fact, he has a mask on. Everyone there does, like masks as in masquerades. They later on explained they were under a curse and they could not remove them. They had tried everything. And here I was like, mm, why does this story sound familiar? Mm, beast? Castle? Curse? Poor young lady that suffers for the sake of her family and she has a hidden artistic interest and she is taken hostage by this beast in his beautiful manner. Mmm, sounds oddly familiar. What do you think, guys? Does it ring a bell? If not, well, let me tell you, this is basically the Beauty and the Beast, with, but with fairies and some, let's say, spicier scenes. If only Feyre had realized this was the Beauty and the Beast, she could have avoided many issues later on. But well, like Hannah Montana said, nobody's perfect. My girl Feyre, oh, I cannot pronounce her name, but like Feyre thought she was going to be a slave there or something, but just like the beauty, she's treated like a princess, she has dreamy dresses in a dreamy room, and Tamling or High Fae Lord basically tells her she can do whatever she wants, she can even escape, but good luck not getting killed. The only thing she needs to do is basically have dinner with him and his right hand Lucian, another High Fae who seems to hate Feyre for killing their high fae friend. Lucian has long red hair, he has a big scar crossing his face and he's missing one eye and apparently like this was done by a she, they don't, well, like they keep saying a she, her but we do not know who she is but everyone is scared of her. We later on learn he is not from like this court solution, he's from the fall court. There are seven high, lord, high fae lords 
uh, on this continent. So it's separating seven countries, kind of. Tamlin is the High Lord of the Spring Court. They are uh, the courts are winter, fall, spring, summer, day, dawn, and night. There is another country like outside. It is like an island, and it's under another High Lord, not forming part of these High Lords. Kind of complicated, but not really. But you know, politics and like in fairyland. So yeah. Feyre is hating on Tamlin and Lucian and the rest of the court. She's like, I need to go back to my family. I need to fulfill the promise I did to my mom. I need to find a way to escape. Even though Tamlin had told her family was well taken care of by him. That they are living comfortably and that he glamoured their memories. So they think she's with a sick rich aunt. But still, she's obsessed. Some weeks go by like this. She's starting to low-key like Tamlin and Lucian and Alice, her like personal servant who does her hair and like like dresses her she now goes hunting with Lucian they are like a little bit closer but they are still kind of like hating each other and stuff she convinces him to tell her how to capture a surreal I'm not sure of the pronunciation I am sorry I'm trying my best if you know the correct pronunciation please feel free to message me through my Instagram so I know how to pronounce things in this book but well the surreal is a fairy that if you capture it it's supposed to tell you the answers to your questions she does capture it and the surreal tells her to stay close to Tamlin that it is the only way she's going to be safe and that there are no loopholes to the treaty so she can escape um, but as he was telling her this another fairy arrives and it was about to kill them but Feyre releases the surreal kills part of the new fairy because it had like many heads uh, she's about to die but Tamlin in his beast form arrives and saves her and I am not sure if it's here or if it's later on that he has a wound on his hand that he can cure with magic right away so she puts a bandage on it and they see this other part of each other so basically when Belle puts bandages on the beast after saving her from the wolves just saying Another night, Tamlin carries a dying high fae from the summer court. She, uh, like the she they keep mentioning, like apparently cut off his wings and he was dying and there was no way to save him. So Lucian gets sick when he sees all this like gore and stuff. Tamlin is just there like, sorry dude, doing nothing. And Feyre goes to the guy and holds his hand while reassuring him during his last minutes. Literally the only useful person there. And Tamlin sees this other side of her again. And he's like, you are not what I expected you to be. And she tells him deep stuff and they, their connection starts to grow. Later on, Feyre finally realizes her family is so good and accepts her terrible fate to live as a princess, basically. She tells Tamlin she wants to paint. She has always been into that. And my man Tamlin buys her painting, uh, like painting supplies, and takes her to see his enormous gallery in his manor. And she is odd. I swear, this is so the beauty and the beast. I can't. She also spends more quality time with Tamlin and Lucian. She's happy for once in her life. Oh, but before uh, all was pink, I forgot to mention, but Tamlin tried to teach her how to read and write, but she thought it was to make fun of her shortcomings, as Nesta, her older sister, had always done. And I am mentioning this once again, because it's going to be important later on. So keep it in mind, she does know how to read and write.
Then there's this spring solstice. Um, Tomlin tells her she can't go and she's offended by it. He told her to stay in her room, but no one tells my girl what to do. So she went to the festival. She thought, well, there are going to be many fairies there. My human scent will go unnoticed. It did not. She is about to get assaulted by three gross fairies, but then this handsome high fae arrives and rescues her. He is extremely handsome. He has dark hair, purple eyes, and it seems like shadows come out of him. He is really mysterious, you know. And at this point, I was like, mm, dark hair, mysterious, seems evil, but saves the main girl. Mm, suspicious. Mm. Is the author playing with me right now? Is this a Crave series situation? Spoiler alert if you have not read the books or listened to my episodes on this series. So that the main guy from the first book ends up being the second male lead instead of the first male lead? Is Tamlin the new Jackson? Mm, suspicious. We all know that the dark-haired, blue-eyed character is always the love interest in this case will be purple but same shit but well he saves her he asks her some stuff she lies he can tell she's lying and he's like whatever bye peasant stayed out of trouble Lucian then spots her at the festival and goes like, you stupid girl, we told you to stay home, oh my god. He takes her home and explains that in this festival, Tamlin will be consumed by magic and will not be himself. He's gonna look for a maiden to mate and if he smells her, he is gonna look for her and that is why she should have stayed home. And when I read this, I was like, what the fuck is this? LOL, what am I reading? But let's continue because I am intrigued. And well, she is pissed in her room and then she's hungry. So she's again like, I don't care. They told me more than once to not go out. I am going for a snack in the kitchen. On her way back to her room, Tamlin, possessed by the magic, goes like, I looked for you. I went almost mad. I could not find you, so I had to mate with someone else. And she's like, whatever, as if I cared. But she did care. And he's like, we can steal this stuff. And she's like... I don't like the scraps of other girls. And I was like, holy shit, go Farah. Oh my gosh, yes, queen. And then he slams her against the wall and bites her. Yeah, you heard right. He freaking bites her below the neck and kisses her there. And she goes like, rude, get off me. But back in her room, she's like, that was hot. And she starts thinking about doing other stuff with him. And you know, my innocent mind who is used to young adult books, I was like, oh, she's going to have some fantasies about him kissing her. But no, it was more about his face in between her legs. And I was so shocked. And then it hit me. It's a new adult book, not a young adult book. So it makes sense now. 
And well, the next day, Feyre decides to put on a dress and no pants. It's her revenge on Tamlin. And oh my gosh, guys, the sexual tension. And well, they start to get closer and closer. Then there's this other festivity, but this time she is invited. She drinks fairy wine, so she basically gets high and dances the night away with him. Another time, he removes most of the glamour, so she now can see many more fairies and like his truest self. And they are happy now, like everything is pink, and well, everything goes downhill from now on. Or dark hair, mysterious high fae arrives, Lucian glamours Feyre, but the high fae that now we know is the high lord of the night court sees through the glamour, he gets angry about this, he gets into Feyre's mind and holds her still with his mind power. By the way, his name is Reason. We now know he's the whore of the she everyone seems to be scared of and who put the curse on Tamling and his court. And while well, this dude, because he's inside the mind of Feyre, goes like, you said, Lucian, that she's your fiancé because they came with that lame excuse, lol. But if she is, why does she have these dirty thoughts about Tamling? You know, this doesn't make sense, but he does not say that. He describes those thoughts and they were nasty thoughts. And I was like, oh my fucking God, this dude, the audacity. I had so much secondhand embarrassment. I had to text my friend Catherine because I was legit dying. And well, after that, Tamlin tells him to please not tell to the she they keep mentioning about Farah. And he's like, sure, but you need to do one tiny thing in exchange. And Tamlin goes like, anything. And he's like, beg me. And if this was not enough, when Tamlin gets on his knees, Reason goes like, lower. And Lucian too. And their faces were literally in the ground, basically kissing his boots. And I was like, oh my fucking God, the, what the fuck is going on? Oh my gosh. Oh, I was so shook. I am still shook. The audacity of this man. I don't think I can express enough how shocked I was. That was savage. I, like, I think it's one of the most savage scenes I've ever read in my life. Oh my God. And well, after this, Tamlin tells Fyra he's sending her home because it is too dangerous and he might not be able to protect her. She's like, no, don't send me away. And he's like, it's not up to you. But well, before leaving, they spend some quality time in her bedroom. They exercise quite a bit, if you know what I mean. I will just say it is not a dramatic. It is more on like the nasty side. But I won't say anything else. She's being sent home. Tamlin tells her like five times that he loves her and she does not say it back because it is too hard. And I was like, I bet the curse would have been fixed if she had said I love you back because it is the beauty and the beast. But of course, she did not. So annoying, I swear. Back home, she sees how well her family is. They are crazy rich thanks to Tamlin. Nesta is being a bitch to Fyra, but Fyra realizes it is because Nesta was crazy worried about her and went to look for her since the glamour did not work on her. Fyra tells her everything that happened and now they are like besties. And then Fyra has the feeling Tamlin is not alright, so she ditches her family and goes to look for her Tamlin. Her family breaks through the glamour, and it is this time Nesta who tells her to never come back to live a happy life with her beloved. 
Feyre makes it to Tamlin's manor. No one is there, and it looks like there was a fight. Uh, she meets Alice. She tells her that if she had only told, I love you to Tamlin, the stupid girls would have broken. And I was like, I freaking knew it, of course. And well, that the she they were talking about is Amarantha. She's the general of the king of the island thingy I told you about at the beginning. She's not from the continent. And apparently this lady hates humans because her sister used to be in love with one during the war centuries ago. And he just used her. So she hates humans now. And then she wanted Tamlin to be her lover. He said no, and he and so she put a curse on him that one human girl will kill one of his closest friends. And if this girl fell in love with him and said, I love you, the curse will have been broken. Oh, and she also stole most of the powers of the High Lords of the Seven Kingdoms. And that the only way they could have fought her was by removing Tamlin's curse. But, well, <laughs> that, that didn't work out. Fire asks Alice to take her to Amarantha. Alice is like, girl, you're gonna die. And Fire is like, yes, but I need to save Tamlin, though. So she takes her there and gives her some advice. When Fyra arrives at Amarantha's court, she goes like, I am here to claim my beloved Tamlin. I love him. And Amarantha's like, mm, no, you don't. Humans can't love, right, my dear? She said that while looking at her ring made out of an eyeball, like moving and like a live eyeball of the human that betrayed her sister. She kept the eye alive as a ring because she's a savage and has terrible taste, clearly. She tells Farah, okay, you can either solve this riddle, I give you, and an, I will immediately release your, like, beloved Tamlin and his court or you survive three challenges I will give you and will let him go also if you say the answer of the riddle no matter when I will release them immediately she tells Fyra the riddle and she's like lol no idea I guess it's gonna be the tasks lol also Amarantha had Tamlin there sitting next to her and he was unmoving he did not even look at Fyra to protect her and stuff like he's being useless so Amarantha will not torture her more because she's a psycho, you know. She uh, like the tasks are every full moon, but before beginning, she gives Fyra a warm welcome. So she orders for her to be beaten up until she's unconscious. Isn't she lovely? Can't tell why Tamlin did not want to be her lover. Like she's such a sweetheart. And well, next thing we know, Fire wakes up unconscious in her cell. All her body hurts. She is swollen and bleeding. She's in a lot of pain, but there is not much to do about it. She's like, fuck, I hope I survive. LOL. Lucian then arrives. He manages to pass um, through the guards and he cures her a little bit, not too much. So it is not obvious, but he does fix her nose. They barely feed her and they treat her super bad. And then it is the first trial. She is put in a maze with a giant worm monster she needs to hunt the monster i was super stressed during the entire trial but she makes it amarantha is obviously not happy she tells her many lost their bets only one person bet 
um, that she was going to win. So only one person won money. She's taking back to herself. Uh, she realizes then that her arm is really hurt. She can barely move it. And she thinks she's going to get an infection and lose her arm. She's literally dying. And she hopes Lucian comes soon to heal her. But like a day passes and he has not come. And to be honest, I was really stressed too. Ever since she entered Amaranth's lair, I had been stressing. I did not know how she was going to make it. All the odds were against her. Like all the odds. I stressed so much. I suffered so much, guys. I had so much anxiety. The only thing that kept me going was the fact that there are many books, so she could not die. And that's why I was hoping, at least. Back to the story, she was dying and then Reason comes to her cell, he offers her a bargain, he tells her that he will cure her since he's in a good mood after he won lots of money after she won and in return she needs to spend two weeks of each month for the rest of her life in his court. She says hell no, but then she reconsiders because she is dying and Reason is like, well, I am not sure Lucian is coming, he was speeding up for helping you the other day, so... And she says, yes, um, but just one week per month. And he's like, deal. He cures her. And then she sees this. She, she has this like gigantic tattoo that is basically a sleeve. And she's like, what the fuck, dude? And well, like, since when did I agree to get a tattoo? And he's like, well, it's the custom of the night court to get one when you make a deal. And she goes like, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell me? Like, bro. And he's like, you didn't ask me like what do you expect this girl after this they start bringing her good food as recent ordered she then has to do some manual labors that are impossible in this first one she gets help by lucian's mom because she gave her name to amarantha instead of lucian's and saved him from being beaten up she is saved in the second one by recent who even orders for her not to have more labors. Later on that night, two fairies from the night court come to pick her up from her cell. Uh, they wash her up and they paint all her body with black ink, continuing the tattoo in like the like her entire body and they put on her like a dress that is basically just two thin straps covering her breasts and turning into one covering her intimate parts and she's like what the fuck is going on and then Reason appears and he's like so Tamlin doesn't know about our deal and well tonight there's an event and I happen to need a plus one and I like entertainment so and Farah is like oh my gosh, no, because she's ashamed of her deal. And sincerely, I don't know why she feels like that. She's risking her ass to save Tamlin. So if he has a problem with it, he better save it to himself. But well, when they enter the court, everyone is like, oh my fucking God. Tamlin looks like he's going to explode out of outrage. Marantha finds it super funny. Fyra asks Reason why the paint, and he's like, if it gets much, I will know someone touched you, and it was not me. And what do you think my toxic self did when I read that? I swooned, of course. Tomlin is officially forgotten for me. I am officially Team Reason. Yes, he's a twisted son of a bitch, but you all know how I feel about those characters. 
And well, Reason makes her drink wine even though she did not want to, and she gets high as fuck. Next thing we know, she wakes up in her cell, she has much in her waist and arms, Lucian comes to visit her, and he's like, girl, why did you make a bargain? And she's like, I was dying, I was not sure you were gonna come, I had no option. And he's like, I was gonna come, I was just healing, jeez, what a mess. Also, last night it was crazy, you essentially do not want to know what you did, but I'm still gonna tell you you were dancing but not like at the spring court when you drank wine more like lap dances to recent and fire is like oh my fucking god no i want to die and well this continues on night after night like the she going to events with reason and like the lap dances and stuff eventually it's time for her second trial she needs to know how to read for that one she had three options one will get her killed the other lucian and the third one will let them both leave she stresses so much since she can't read but reason helped her cheat through the tattoo so she wins because like they can communicate through a tattoo after this one even if uh, Feyre won she's mentally destroyed now she only looks forward uh, for when she gets to drink the wine and gets to lose her consciousness for hours and at this point I started to stress quite a lot for her and well the last uh, the last night before the third trial Tamlin sneaks out of from the party with her and gets really hot between them until my man Reason interrupts them and goes like essentially you two are the stupidest people ever he makes Tamlin go away just in time before Amaranth enters and he kisses Fyra so Amarantha thinks it was Reason who was making out with her and not Tamlin. My man Reason came to the rescue once again and what Tamlin has done? Please tell me. Well, absolutely nothing. He legit lied to her since day one and I am not sure he truly deeply loves her. I think he fell in love with her because he knew she was his salvation but not truly because of her as a person. And my man Reason, after some conversations he has had with her it looks like he's falling without knowing for her as a person for her tenacity and loyalty so i do not know what you think guys but for me i think reason is the superior male character here besides i've never really liked tamlin he is boring Where's the spice? Yeah, there's a lot of spice in between the sheets, but his personality is like meh. I mean, my boy recent is sarcastic and he purrs all the time. Yeah, you heard me right. He purrs like a cat. Why? I do not know, but that makes him even more interesting. And well, it's time for the third trial. Fyra needs to kill three innocent fairies. She's given three daggers that she needs to stab them with in their hearts, one by one. Fyra hates killing. She has always hated hunting, so this is real torture for her. But she has no option. She kills the first two, and when she gets to the third one, and it, and it is freaking tumbling because Amarantha is twisted as hell and she's like what the hell she's in this impossible situation until her brain finally works and she remembers and realizes she can't kill him since his heart is made of stone quite literally so she stabs him amarantha is crazy mad everyone in her court is like you need to liberate them she completed three tasks but amarantha is a sore loser and it's like yes i said to like i will liberate them but i didn't say when 
Uh, only if she had answered the riddle, it will be immediate. Everyone yells at her, but like they don't have their power, so they can do anything. They tell her she is a cheater, but she doesn't give a fuck and proceeds to torture Fyra. She wants her to admit that she does not truly love Tamlin, so she's basically breaking every bone, every muscle, and curing her just enough so she is conscious enough to feel all the pain. Reason takes a dagger and tries to kill Amarantha, but he has not all his powers. Amarantha knocks him out. Tamlin is just there trying to heal and doing absolutely nothing. Just begging. He is useless, I swear. Reason keeps standing up and going after Amarantha, and Tamlin is Fire's boyfriend. I will reconsider my choices if I was here, sincerely. Tamlin is just lame. Feyre is dying, and then it hits her finally what is the answer to the riddle. She says the answer is love. It was so freaking obvious since the beginning, even if I did not understand the riddle, when Amarantha said the word riddle, I was like, the answer is gonna be love, obviously, but whatever. She says the answer, the curse is broken, Tamlin gets all his powers, he kills Amarantha, and all the High Lords get their powers back. Feyre is dead, though. She is not even seeing all this from her eyes, she's seeing all from his, uh, from Reason's perspective. I guess because of the tattoo connection, like, she's, like, still, like, her soul still there and then the seven high lords proceed to pour like a little seed on her this obviously turns her into high fae she is weirded out by her new body and senses and she is traumatized but well nothing like some exercise in the sheets with tamlin to feel better and avoid thinking about her trauma reason comes to visit her before leaving he tells her some stuff he had not told anybody and she says he's not that bad after all I mean, he's the one who saved her multiple times and the one who fought Amarantha, not like Tamlin, but whatever. But she still does not like him because she loves boring, not spicy at all Tamlin, who says reason is bad, so if he says that, then reason is bad. But whatever. She then returns to the spring court with Tamlin and they are both happy and the end. It was a well-deserved happy ending. After all the suffering, I went through the last 150 50 pages. If it had ended in a cliffhanger, I would have died. I would have preferred for her to stay, like to like stay with reason, but there's still three more books, so you know, things can change. Time to my overall opinion. I think it was a good book, even though it was quite predictable. I saw the plot twist coming, but I still enjoyed it. It is basically the beauty and the beast, so obviously there were not going to be many surprises. I like Feyre, but I don't love her. Sometimes she's too stubborn and stresses the hell out of me. The main character that I am sure is the fake main character, so Tamlin is boring as hell. He does not bring much. He does not do much either. But yeah, he saves her at the beginning, but like after that, he does absolutely nothing for her. I know it was to protect her or whatever, but he could have at least tried. Lucian did way more. Actually, I like him better. He has been true to his feelings since the beginning, and I like how he starts to like Feyre as a friend. Like, he's, I think they're gonna have a nice friendship, and I, I, I'm, I'm really eager to see it grow. Now, recent, I know he's the true main male character. I mean, come on, it is obvious. 
and I do not complain. I like him. He is twisted. He is intense, but deep down, he's good and he cares for her because he is falling for her even if he doesn't know it yet. Now, Amarantha, she is really twisted and evil. I swear, her eye ring thingy, that is sick. But I must say, even if she's a sadist, I'm not like, I don't, I don't like her motives for being evil. They were kind of really stupid, like over a boy, like, thank you, next. But she is not really the main bad guy. If not, they will have not killed her so easily in the book. So, yeah. Overall, it wasn't an entertaining book. Like it was, I think it said it was not, but it was an entertaining book, and quite spicy with the bedroom exercises. I will give it a three point nine out of five stars. I will have given it like a higher number, like I think four point two, if it was not being so predictable. Like the plot twist, you know, and like if I had liked a little bit more Feyre, like I like her, but like sometimes like she's exasperating. So I don't know. We will see. I'm eager to read the second book. Either way, I think it's well. I'm I'm reading it right now, but like so far it's good. But I'm not gonna say much until I talk about that book in my next episode on that book. But well. This episode has finally come to an end. Please don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to my podcast if you are enjoying it. Also, please follow me on Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm so you like are aware of the news of my show and stuff, even though there's not many news, but like just so you are aware of stuff, I guess. And I'll see you next week with the retelling of Rune and Rising by Lee Bardugo. <laughs>